0: This is Fans on the Run, a podcast made by, for, and about fabulous And now, here's your host, Ethan Alexanian. Alright everyone, welcome back to the show. Fans on the Run, I'm Ethan Alexanian. You just heard that in the intro. Don't know why I felt the need to repeat it, but, you know, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode. It's been a couple weeks, I think. Not really sure. You wouldn't have seen any disruption in the episodes because, you know, I recorded almost half of the last six interviews i did in the span of one week in may because i'm not good at preparing for things and so i decided you know it's okay you can do that pro tip you cannot all right anyways enough about my delusional ramblings we have a we have a great episode for you today because we actually have a guest today who's from liverpool our first one first of many First of many, I hope. Since 1995, she's been one of, if not Liverpool's, top Beatles guides, as well as as one of the only certified ones. She's been recognized by the Institute of Tourist Guiding, TripAdvisor, and Ethan Alexanian. She's a blue badge guide. While I wasn't quite sure what that meant, I googled it and goddamn it's a big deal to be a blue badge guide. She's worked with MTV, VH1, helped out some fellow Canadians by the name of Cirque du Soleil in research for uh, the Beatles' love show in Las Vegas. You can regularly hear her on the Beatles' Sirius XM channel, or you can hear her right here. Jackie Spencer, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Ethan. Lovely to meet you.
0: I actually got through that introduction without butchering any of the words. I was pretty good, and huh? it was all true as well. <laughs> I'd hope so. I got, it. I got most of it from your website. um this is probably a bit of a step down from carpool karaoke since I know you were kind of featured on it although it may be a bit of a step up depending on your opinions of James Corden
1: (laughs) I wasn't featured on it um but what happened I was I was on a a tour that day (laughs) I had three tours that one day in fact it's the, the 9th of June so it's two years ago um 2018, so the date's not that it's engraved on my brain, <laughs> but I was finishing the first of three tours, and um, it was a private car tour, and the last stop on the tour was to finish by the statues at Liverpool's Pier Head, which is a real iconic venue, and we were just about to say goodbye, and there was a bit of a fuss, and a black car pulled out, and out got Paul McCartney and James Corden, <laughs> so it was rather bizarre.
0: Wasn't one of your tweets featured on the show, though?
1: Oh, my tweet was on the show, yeah, and then I did an awful lot of um, interviews later on for radio and television and things. So there was a very excited me and all the interviews going, I've just seen Paul McCartney. It was mad.
0: <laughs> was that the first time a Beatle had actually shown up, kind of, <laughs> almost on one no, of your tours?
1: No, do you know what? It, it isn't. So we, we tend to know in, in advance when Paul's in town. And so if we know that he's around, because he's, um, he's the figurehead for a school in Liverpool that's known as LIPA, the Liverpool Institute for Performing Art. And he comes there for graduation ceremonies and takes master classes sometimes. So we tend to know where he is and we have a rough idea of the timetable. So we can work a tour around it this is the first time that it's just been completely spontaneous and he's actually got out of his car, walked over and stood next to his statue that he'd never actually seen before. And so this is why it was such a one-off. I've seen him, you know, several times on tours before and it's always been a bonus and I've said to people we might get to see Paul McCartney today. But this time, you got out the car, the four people on the tour who were from Washington State in California um, they were looking at me saying thank you Jackie and I'm looking at them thinking is it really him <laughs> and yeah he walked over he, um, he just hung out got a few photographs went back in his car again and went off to do the rest of carpool karaoke and when you see the show that's out of sequence that was the very first time he showed his face the first time we knew he was in Liverpool Really. and so I was the one who broke the news yeah so after that when you see him at Penny Lane that was all after a bit at the pier head so I was the first one that is part of the Beatles industry I suppose to actually see him so I broke the news to everyone he'll probably hate me for it because everywhere he went then there were big crowds but this time it was completely spontaneous nobody knew he was there.
0: That would have been just kind of like the thrill of a lifetime giving a Beatles (laughs) tour and then you just look out of like your peripheral I just butchered that word. There we go. There's the first word.
1: <laughs> I can't say that either.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <What? laughs> well, I probably can, but I'm not going to try on on your podcast. Peri- peripheral. There you go.
0: Peripheral. There we go. Yeah. We did it together. We did it together. <laughs> maybe
1: it sounds better in the Liverpool accent. Maybe it's easier to say.
0: <laughs> maybe. Or maybe I'm just not good at speaking.
1: <laughs> I, have, um, I haven't spoken spoken properly. You know, my, my job is to speak. Mm-hmm. My job is to stand at the front of a couch and talk to people or sit and chat to people about the Beatles. But because I haven't had a chance to do that for the last couple of months, then, um, I'm seriously losing the um, losing the art
0: of speech. Oh, don't feel too bad. Uh, basically, <laughs> as soon as the lockdown began, I forgot how to interact with people. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, talking about forgetting how to do things, when Paul did turn up on our, um, when when he kind of photobombed my tour, I, my, my brain went to mush. I couldn't work my phone, so I could've got a selfie with him and all sorts, but I couldn't remember how my phone worked. <laughs> I managed to get one or two pictures just by blindly pressing the button on the screen. But as to anything else, I, I just my brain just was mush. <laughs>
0: oh wow <laughs> now i wish i had seen paul mccartney when i was in liverpool
1: so does everyone yeah. get in the queue
0: <laughs> <laughs> although to be fair i wish i had actually taken a proper tour we were kind of you know confused jet lag tourists outside the uh, Beatles story museum and oh nice it was pouring and we didn't know where we were and we were trying to find the uh, magical mystery tour coach tour thing. I get you, yeah. And we had no idea where we were going and all of a sudden this cab just pulled up, just random black cab and we're like, ah, fuck, do you know anyone who does Beatles tours? And he just turned off his lights.
1: (laughs) Every cab driver will do that in Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> if only I had known because I would have taken one of your tours because you actually like know what you're doing
1: yeah when, when everyone gets when people get into the um, you know, drive, arrive in the station or something they get in a cab and as soon as the taxi drivers hear an accent they're like oh you want a Beatles tour I'm a Beatles tour guide I'm like no you're not <laughs> um, if you just want to go to Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields fair enough but if you come into Liverpool and you know this is the trip of a lifetime you've wanted to do this since you were young i mean in your case you're still only young but you, we've got people who saw them on the ed sullivan show and liverpool is their dream do it properly do you know just research it go with uh go with a bona fide tour guide who knows what they're talking about because i'm not just pushing myself here
0: Well, yeah. oh you can push yourself all you yeah. want
1: <laughs> I'm not like that, you know
0: <laughs> Oh no, I know <laughs> It's just <laughs> I like to provide that venue for that to happen
1: <laughs> We're very, very British You know what we're like here we don't, um, We're um, we a bit reticent to putting ourselves forward but I think my track record speaks for itself
0: Yeah I hope I have a question about your uh, tours that you do in Liverpool uh, Do yeah. you have a particular like favourite Beatle place to take people to in Liverpool or like one that you think that like, gets the best emotional reception?
1: Do you know, I was asked this on local radio just this week, and it's hard for me to, to choose. Damn it, I thought that was reasons. a good question. It's a great question, <laughs> but I'll tell you why it's hard to choose. Is because after 25 years of doing this, I have really nice relationships with the people Um at all of the venues, and so if it chose one, the others are bigger. What about me? <laughs> so it's difficult. But I will tell you um, the answer I gave on that show. I'll tell you three places that I really, um, I really have enjoyed going to over the years. One of them is Saint Peter's Church, and this is in Walton Village. That's the place where John and Paul first met in July of 1957. It's where you'll find the grave of a lady named Eleanor Rigby. Um, so that's really nice. It's a lovely little village in Liverpool and it's got a great story. Another place is Strawberry Fields. Now this is relatively new. We've been going to the gates of Strawberry Fields for years and years <laughs> but just last year the, the gates opened up and they now have a beautiful visitor centre there. So by going not only are you you, you know you're experiencing this iconic place, you're also helping the charity as well. So Strawberry Fields is another one. And the, the other place is Penny Lane, so of course, Penny Lane and Strawberry Field, they're both a must, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at Penny, Yeah, Penny Lane, we stop and take a picture at the sign, as Paul McCartney did, and um, visit the Development Trust, the community centre there. But th- there's so much to choose from. Um, you know, there's museums in the city, there's two great museums in the city centre now, the Liverpool Beatles Museum and the Beatles Story. Um, One of which is the owned by Rogue the Best, Beatles. right? That's right, yeah, Rogue, yeah um, Rogue and the Kaz Bar, so that's another great venue. So the Kaz Bar where Rogue grew up mm-hmm. and in the cellar is the bar where the Beatles used to play. That's a great venue as well. So honestly, it's so, so hard to choose and I apologize now if anybody's listening to this and I've left you out. <laughs>
0: It doesn't matter about them, it's just about us too.
1: Just about us. Okay, nobody'll will listen will. They?
0: <laughs> Don't worry, I think all two of my listeners won't mind.
1: <laughs> no, I'll be sharing this um, to a mine might as well.
0: <laughs> that makes four we're We're moving up in the world. <laughs> now i'm I'm gonna quit asking about Liverpool because I want to hear about you. When okay. When did you first discover the Beatles?
1: Uh, I've never not known the Beatles and so I'm giving my age away now. Um, I was born in Liverpool in the same hospital as Paul McCartney in 1961. So um, my mum and dad, when they got married, they they got married in a local church which has been part of our family for years, it's called the Blessed Sacrament and that evening they went to the village, that you know, the, the little club that, that's attached to the church and they had a drink. I found out Years later, that the Beatles were actually playing there that day. It was their debut at the Aintree Institute. Really? So I said, really? So I said to mum and dad, I said, you know what? You know, at your wedding ceremony, did you have a party after? They went. So we just went for a drink in the Aintree Institute. said, was there a band on? And mum was like, oh, I think so. And dad said, oh yeah, there was a band. I went upstairs and had a little look at them. He said, you know what, Jack, come to think of it, it was the Beatles. I was like, Dad, I know. Why didn't you tell me this? And so the Beatles were playing in Liverpool, you know, around the time I was born. And Mum and Dad knew of the Beatles. Dad had seen them at all-nighters. And so I've never not known the Beatles. So as a little girl, when you wheeled out to sing favourite songs, I'd be, you know, little two-year-old, three-year-old singing, and want to hold your hand. <laughs> and so, It's kind of in our blood. It's like the River Mersey in Liverpool um, is the lifeblood of our city. The Beatles run through our veins, I think.
0: Do you have any, like, the first, like, memory that you have, like, a a distinct memory? Do you have any?
1: Um, of the Beatles so my next door neighbour Lorraine if she's listening she has one of these lovely little um, you know little record players that you lifted up and in the um, she she had two Beatles singles I think it was Can't Buy Me Love and uh, All My Loving but I could be wrong there she also had one called Three Little Kittens that was orange we used to like to play but we played those records over and over and probably you know, if, if these records came out in the early 60s, we were probably only about four years old and we played these Beatles records. Then another memory is um, of the Beatles wigs that mum bought for us, solid plastic, like, like, a, like a cycle helmet. I've seen <laughs> pictures of those. Yeah. they remember wearing them. I think my brother had a Beatles suit as well and then my auntie. Um, she brought home this album when I'm seven years old or six years old I'm learning to read at school and I'm getting pretty good at it and this album was amazing so it was all brightly coloured it had all these cutouts, I'd never seen this before, you opened it up and on the back as well it had all the words to the songs and the songs were great songs like um, Will You Still Need Me, Will You Still Feed Me When I'm 64 (laughs) so of course this album was Sgt Pepper
0: It's a shame no one remembers that album and it's fallen into obscurity. Yeah, I don't know what
1: happened to it, to be honest. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, there might be one or two copies around from the 60s.
0: (laughs) And I own both of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a pretty good album and tops the charts a lot. And if I I had to choose, you're probably going to ask me what's my favourite, aren't you? My favourite album is Sgt. Pepper.
0: I was maybe going to ask that question at some point.
1: <laughs> well, you can ask it again later. I'll say a different answer.
0: <laughs> You're I the perfect change. guest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go on. What else have you got to ask me?
0: I was going to ask, what was your first Beatles album or Beatles record?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily my first. You know, it, it was my Auntie Betty. She was only um, a teenager when I was born and so I probably destroyed that album on Ohana. I've said it a few times, but sorry Auntie Betty, (laughs) because I liked all the cutouts and the stickers and things that went with it. I do have um, a brand new copy of my own now, Um, so I I cut out my own stickers. I should really give it to her, shouldn't I?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you first become a Beatles uh, tour guide? Was it really a tour guide industry when you first started?
1: There was, um, but not to the extent it is now. So for many years, um, from, from when I left school, I mean I, I wasn't wasn't into school. I just wanted to leave and get a job straight away. I didn't want to go to University or anything. And so I got a job as a travel agent and for many, many years that's the job I did. But I realized I was sending everyone away from Liverpool. And I saw an advert in the local newspaper advertising a course for tour guides and it asked you if you love your city, if you like to meet people and I just went for it. And Best decision I've ever made and I became a tour guide. It was just a hobby, it was a part-time thing. From being a Liverpool guide, they um, they asked me to work on the Magical Mystery Tour bus and I learned a lot more about the Beatles. I was already a fan but you know I I kind of honed in on, on the knowledge And I became a tour guide on the Magical Mystery Tour and just took it from there, really. So it's, you know, my my love of Liverpool's been there forever. As an office girl, you know, age 17, I'd be delivering tickets all around the city and just looking up at the fantastic buildings. So I can tell you a lot about Liverpool itself, but the Beatles are the icing on the cake, aren't they?
0: What is, uh, this is going to be the dumbest question ever, what's your favourite thing about Liverpool? Liverpool.
1: Uh, okay, no, it's not dumb and it's actually quite easy if if you if you were to Google this yourself, one of the top things that comes out when you ask about Liverpool, the best thing about Liverpool are its people. Honestly we're a really warm, funny um sympathetic empathetic um we're, we're just lovely people <laughs> well everybody else is i'm I, I say i don't big myself up but no the liverpool people are so welcoming so warm and so lovely so that is my top answer
0: that's one of my distinct memories of liverpool really? you know oh, i'm glad we we took the train up from london where you know it's london people are yeah. you know uh
1: it's a big city, isn't it? It's a cosmopolitan city when everyone's too busy to give you time.
0: But when we got to Liverpool, everyone was so nice. And yeah. it it kind of caught me off guard a little. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, You're a bit scared. They, um, I think that they've been talking lately about this virus thing. And <laughs> one of the local... What comedians, virus? Oh, you know that one we don't talk about so much. Oh, that one. one of the local comedians, uh, it, it said... It spread if you talk too much you know, if you talk to people and so he said, oh, they'd be fine down in London, up in Liverpool. We've got nothing to for us, though. <laughs> but everybody talks to everybody on the bus, on the train. I, I do this, this tour that I really enjoy. I've, I've, there's so much choice of tours. You know, I, the sky's the limit, really. Um, but I do this great tour that I really enjoy. When you jump on the same buses that the Beatles did and go out to their villages and then walk around, every time we get on the bus, somebody wants to tell us their story oh i went to school with john lennon or you know that kind of thing and the people with me it's like an extra bit of entertainment on the tour because everyone on the bus hears an accent and starts chatting to them here's a canadian accent or something it's great
0: that that is my other distinct memory of liverpool anyone you asked there was like a degree or two of separation like oh my dad went to school with john lennon (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, yeah. And you know what, a lot of the time it's true as well yeah. <laughs> Not always But a lot of the time <laughs> yeah.
0: God, I want to go back
1: Oh, come on, it's raining today as well though. So, um, you know, don't rely on the weather oh, We don't care about the weather
0: Well, it's not like we have You know, the best weather here in Canada Either, so we're not picky
1: no. <laughs> Good <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll make sure you come back We need everyone to come back
0: I I really want to come back Mm-hmm. And I'll take one of your tours this time, not just some random I cabbie. You,
1: I think you should. We could do. Um, we could do some um, other podcasts live, couldn't we? On from Liverpool,
0: we could though, couldn't we? We could. Yeah. <laughs> um. What? As as someone from Liverpool, what do the Beatles mean to you?
1: Oh, good question. Um, what do they mean to me? They're icons, but they're also ordinary. Liverpool lads in some ways on some levels and so it means that they they're inspirational. They show you that that you can come from a working class background with not much financial support. You can work hard, you can be dedicated at what you do and you can be you know, you can do quite well out of it. Maybe not as well as the Beatles did, but it just shows you you don't have to have um, you don't have to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth to make something of yourselves um, what else do they mean to me they mean comfort when you're down you listen to Beatles songs they help when you're up you listen to Beatles songs and you get higher you know oh <laughs> uh, well, gosh I'm waffling away here they mean so many things I don't I don't know <laughs> uh, they mean a livelihood to me they mean I've made a job out of. Um, they, I've made a job out of doing something I absolutely love: showing off my home city and showing off the bands that came from here.
0: There are much worse things to do for a living.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Than to like. <laughs>
1: I've, I've done them. I've done them.
0: <laughs> we we could save that for my other podcast. <laughs> oh dear. Um. But I want to touch on a point that you kind of brought up, that the Beatles didn't really come from, you know, an upper-middle-class background. Like, the closest was maybe John or Paul, but seeing the places where, uh, especially Ringo and what's it called, Dingle?
1: In the Dingle, yeah,
0: yeah. Where he grew up, and when I was there in 2013, I don't know if the house is still there, but it was at risk of being demolished.
1: Oh gosh! No, there's movement there. There's been some changes. Um, the the Dingle area where Ringo, that the house where Ringo was born, mm-hmm. has now been completely renovated. The whole streets have, and they're actually looking quite good at the moment. It, so this is—you definitely need to come back and see these changes.
0: I feel like I I've missed so much because like those mm-hmm. statues on—is uh, it Pier Head? Um, Pier Head, yeah. They weren't there when I was there, and I remember seeing them being unveiled on YouTube. I'm like, "Oh, yeah. those those statues are so cool."
1: Yeah, they're fabulous. They were unveiled in December, um, 2015. Sorry, 2015, because they represented the last time the Beatles played Liverpool fifty years on. And so you must have been here before 2015.
0: I was there in 2013.
1: Right. Well, this was December fifteenth. So yeah, you missed them. They are iconic. They're fantastic. Um, yeah, they're, they're um they're just like the little uh, the little cherry on top of the icing on the cake. <laughs> I've just made that phrase up. Never used it before in my life.
0: We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> We're all for trying new things here at Fans on the Run. Brilliant. I say we as if it isn't just me.
1: <laughs> well, you're in control. You know what you're doing, I think.
0: Oh, you flatter me. I don't.
1: <laughs> I'm pleased that you can understand everything I'm saying, actually.
0: Um, And the best thing about that is even if I don't, I can just pretend I do. You just laugh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But no, I think I have a pretty good understanding of the Scouse accent.
1: Oh, good! Mine's quite gentle. People don't people don't think so if they're from abroad. But in the middle of Liverpool, I have quite a gentle Liverpool accent. Yeah. I think because I have to knock the edges off it so that people can understand me on tours. But if you heard me um, speak <laughs> in a proper Liverpool accent like I would to my family, then you might not understand a word I say
0: i'm gonna give you a challenge try and speak (laughs) scouse in a way that i wouldn't understand
1: oh gosh um i I can never think i I can never think of a phrase to say
0: i saw a video of you with billy j kramer and he got very close
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was funny um i don't think billy j kramer understood me (laughs) it's been a while since he's lived in Liverpool. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of a Beatles, a Beatles lyric. I would say, give us a Beatles song, and I'll say it in Scots. Um, I
0: can't
1: think of, I can't think of one.
0: I'm trying um, to think of. The... How
1: about How about Yellow Submarine? Okay, so I'll I'll say the first um, few lines of Yellow Submarine, but I'll okay. say it in a strong accent. Okay. Okay. So in the time where I was born, lived a man who went to sea, and he told me of his life in the lands of submarines. <laughs> Is that
0: right? <laughs> I got all of that, and it's not even just because I already knew the lyrics.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I need to sing something more obscure, but never mind.
0: How about some Pet it, Shop it, Boys it, lyrics?
1: Some Pet Shop Boys? Okay, I can do that. Um, <laughs> let me think, um, what have I done to deserve this? How was that?
0: I actually got it.
1: <laughs> You're good then. You're good, and you've been in Liverpool, so maybe you you can understand us a little bit better. Because however, you know the psyche of
0: the people. However, we were asking for directions at one point, and yeah. I think we had gone to the bank to, you know, get pull some money out or something, and um, we were asking the teller like for directions, and it was just this kind of long <laughs> mumbling. I don't know Did if they that- point a lot though Because we use hands yeah. a lot too Yeah It's like oh yeah Yeah you know the, I Oh fuck I just embarrassed myself
1: <laughs> the thing And is, you swore on your pod <laughs> Oh I, I do
0: it all the time
1: That's okay then
0: <laughs> no one takes the show seriously, let alone me. Nobody
1: can do nobody can do a Liverpool accent properly. If they're the- not a native Liverpoolian no matter how much they try and sometimes I'll sometimes people will do it to me and, and say something in Liverpool and I'll feel guilty and smile and say, That was great when it never is.
0: Nobody can do it. <laughs> on good days I feel like I can kind of do it because I bet you can't really and I'm just no. gonna whatever oh, you do I'm gonna smile politely and oh, say yeah that was great trust me I'm not going to do it <laughs> good. that's why I gave up so quickly when I tried it because I know this will only end badly for myself
1: <laughs> I love um, I love Beatles tribute bands and things but when they stand up and they try to introduce the songs in a Liverpool accent that's when I'm like oh
0: well, because a lot of them it it isn't really a Liverpool accent it's this it's like you watch A Hard Day's Night or Help once and it's kind of what you remember them sounding like
1: That's exactly it,
0: yeah Or better yet, it's someone trying to do like the imitations of the Beatles from Yellow Submarine
1: Yeah, (laughs) true Aww
0: Oh, yeah. I love making fun of tourists even though I am one
1: <laughs> I don't, I love every single tourist because they, they keep me with the roof over my head so I'm not making fun of them, I love them all
0: I can make fun of, of them you for all. you I love you all if anyone's
1: listening, I love you
0: <laughs> I think I actually had someone who was on one of your tours uh, a week or two ago, a guy by the name really? of John Montagna Oh
1: uh, gosh yeah hello, John He yeah. was talking about uh,
0: <laughs> being at the St. Peter's Church
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I remember John.
0: And someone actually let him inside.
1: Yeah, that would have been me.
0: Um, and then there's this, like, kind of groundskeeper who is, like, what's the right word? Graham. Uh, it could be, uh, but he, he was kind of grumpy or something, and he's like, you know, they're not actually still here, aren't they? John did not say that. John said, this. this. Finally, Jackie goes, do you mind if he just has a look inside? He's he's flown all the way from New York, and we're on the Beatles tour, and, and the guy shoots me this look. He goes, you know, there's nothing to see in there.
1: That doesn't sound like Graham. He's not grumpy. I'm sure it was.
0: Apologies um, to Graham, wherever you <laughs> are.
1: <laughs> no, no, that actually wouldn't be Graham. It must have been just somebody... Um, Uh, It must have just been somebody who had the keys because Graham is the least grumpy person ever. He's absolutely lovely. But I do remember John Montagna because he did the tour with me and I'm still friends with him on Facebook.
0: Of course I could be butchering the story because I have the memory of a goldfish.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's... um, The St. Peter's Church Hall's, a really iconic place. That's one of the the places I mentioned, wasn't it? Mm
0: -hmm. That's really cool. I wish I had actually you know i wish the cab driver had actually stopped the car we just kind of drove past it but i thought it would have been cool to actually you know go on the well, ground your lesson. there is my there's lesson. lesson there's a lesson in everything
1: <laughs> yeah silver- sometimes we can get to go inside not always but occasionally
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we can go inside the church hall
0: silver lining no for next time
1: yeah definitely
0: oh my god I almost just started quoting Jeff Beck
1: I wouldn't have known that this, I this not know any Jeff Beck
0: he had the song Hi Ho Silver Lining
1: oh I know that one yeah,
0: yeah. Um, do you have any favourite memories of any like particular tours like any interesting stories of things that have happened or any characters that you might have met along the way
1: Oh gosh, you know what? I can never remember this offhand, and then as you can make as can one up. I'll I wouldn't know. Some, I'll think of some really great stories as soon as the the um, as soon as I put the phone down. Um, well, obviously the Paul McCartney one. That was yeah. one of the best, wasn't it? Um, I liked, I like tours when we've got young kids with us. Um, because they're so enthusiastic, it's lovely. You know, you have you know four five year olds on the tour. It's, it's really quite sweet and I bring along little little Beatles dolls I've got. So I always enjoy tours with the younger ones. Um, I've recently worked with a film crew on a documentary they're making which is called Prefab and it's about Colin Hanton who was the drummer with the Quarrymen and kind of his hard luck story. It's, it's kind of quite funny in parts, but Colin is one of my greatest friends. I absolutely love him. And so because of this, we got into some really unusual places. And because the film crew were, you know, they had passes to do all kinds of stuff, I got to go with them. We we went to places I never even get to see on tours, backstage in the theatres and things. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed doing that. And
0: And was Colin with you when the film crews were going around?
1: For most of it, yeah. For some parts. Sometimes I was just, I'm down um, as the locations manager, so sometimes I was just taking them to venues to do the filming, and other times Colin would be there doing interviews. So I I can arrange that on tours, you know, I can get arranged for a few members of the quarry men to come and meet you. (laughs) Go on, give us another question anyway. I'm taking over.
0: (laughs) You really are, I feel. (laughs) This is your show, I'm just a guest.
1: (laughs) Come on, I'll get back now and let you ask the questions.
0: Alright, so what's your favourite weird piece of Beatles trivia that you like to throw out during tours that make people just kind of scratch their heads like, what? didn't know that. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. Ah, um, I can't think of one of those off the top of my head. Um, ask me another, I'll think about that one.
0: Alright, what is your favourite Beatles song? basic question but it's everyone always has a different answer
1: yeah and i'll give you a different answer every day of the week to be honest with you
0: you can um, give a top five because it's always hard for people five. to choose
1: okay um there's a couple of love songs i really like um and one each for Lennon and well lennon mccartney and harrison really i suppose and so for john lennon i love the song if i fell and then for Paul McCartney, I love for no one. Paul didn't often write songs that, when he was um, kind of a bit reticent about things, you know what I mean. All <laughs> Paul's songs tended to, to be "I love her everywhere," "If she's beside me," I know well. He never care you know what I mean. They're all yeah. they're all like "I'm totally in love," and blindly in love with you." But for no one, is there's that little bit of vulnerability in it, which I love. And then "If I Fell" is is John kind of being vulnerable all the time. So I love those two. Um, Also something for George, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, And then I've taken to singing this one in the car with my grandchildren. And that's All Together Now. So just because it reminds me of singing with grandkids, All Together Now is one.
0: Um, If I Fell was my dad's favorite Beatles song.
1: Seriously, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he had very good taste then.
0: yeah, well, was beautiful. I feel like I inherited, you know the love of the Beatles from my family, yeah, even though I'm the only musician, but yeah, you know,
1: oh that's lovely.
0: Everyone loves the Beatles,
1: yeah, and it, it takes you back to happy places, doesn't it? Yeah. You know people say it. it's it's an overused phrase, but they say that the um, the Beatles are the soundtrack of your life and for many people
0: that's true it is it is very very true like there are certain Beatles songs that i i listen to and they take me just to a, just a distinct point in time like yeah. weird one uh sergeant pepper and with little help from my friends were the two songs mm-hmm. that got me into the beatles cuz i was listening oh, really? i was listening to my mom's cd of the blue album on my little yeah. cd player and seeing the little number like saying what track it was jump from yeah. i think it was three to four without actually mm-hmm. hearing a change in the song Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like wait what well, another... these are two different songs oh, oh <laughs> well, a, a these nice, guys are uh,
1: they just they're seamless aren't they but another lovely memory you've talked about your dad um my dad I always remember when we were young singing, kind of duet to She's Leaving Home. So that's another song that's got lovely memories for me. Um, now my dad's still around with us, I'm sure he'd sing it again with me <laughs> if he really wanted him to. Um, but you know that, that was just lovely as a little girl singing She's Leaving Home. But I could go on forever. I could tell you a different song and a different memory, and they're all my favourites. It's hard to choose, for
0: sure. I'm going to ask you the kind of flip side to that question Do you have mm-hmm. a least favourite Beatles song?
1: I do. Um,
0: Finally, the... someone with an opinion. Everyone who comes <laughs> on this show kind of waffles a bit, like, they're all good.
1: No, I, no, I, I don't think they are all perfect. And the, the song that jumps out to me and that people are going to really fight, they look. I can't talk now for this, but the song that I tend to skip is I Want You. You know, I Want You So Bad. It's, so, it's just a bit repetitive and goes on and on and on and things. So I'm not crazy on I Want You.
0: It's like seven minutes long, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's seven minutes of
0: <laughs> Ditch yeah. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah, so it's just how many times can you play the same Yeah, I'm glad you agree with me. I mean, I like the song, but it's I can only listen to about like the first 3 minutes of it yeah. before it feels like I'm I have to actively listen to a song.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. But um there's another one that I I, I keep thinking of other ones that I really really love. And this is an instrumental. I absolutely love flying. I adore it. I love Magical Mystery Tour.
0: It's, it's. I think the most underrated Beatles. I was gonna say album, mm-hmm. but technically ep double ep
1: ep in the uk yeah in the in the states it was an album wasn't it because yeah. they added on they added penny lane and strawberry field to it which were never on ours
0: yeah money grabbing yeah. bastards at Capitol.
1: <laughs> is that what it was yeah but yeah the um, i even really enjoyed the film even though i saw it when it first appeared on television in black and white which didn't make sense but i still loved it and the songs on that. I think I think there's an excellent song from every Beatle.
0: The weird thing is that movie, my favourite part of it actually has nothing to do with the Beatles. It's mm-hmm. when the Bonzo Dog Doodah band show up and they oh, start yeah. playing Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're cool. Yeah, Nealon is sadly no longer with us. Yeah.
0: The Bonzos are criminally underrated. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah
0: especially here in canada where only weirdos like me know about them only cool people like you you only cool people yeah i need a self-esteem boost every now and again (laughs) there you go talking about john montagna again uh last episode (laughs) i recorded before i started i did my usual like self-deprecating bit and he's like no promote or like don't be like that like think good of yourself or something like that. And so I immediately went into, like, welcome back to Fans on the Run, the best Beatles podcast that has ever been made. Which <laughs> was... Is it? No. Oh, no. <laughs> if you want to hear a good one, go listen to Talk More Talk with Kid O'Toole and the others.
1: Stop telling... You don't want to listen to... Stop it. Yours, well, yours is. I haven't listened, so I don't know, so I'll listen to this and then I'll tell you it's the best.
0: Yeah.
1: But you, you're just being... You know, you Canadians are slightly more like us British when yeah. you don't want to, you know, you don't want to big yourselves up and we're the same. Yeah. You know, you said something at the beginning like, you know, arguably the best tour guides or something like that, which I'd like. Oh no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, when people say Beatles expert, I'm like, I'm not an expert. I just like them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very British thing. So it's the British and you coming out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Canada's like half British though. Yeah. We still have I'm the... sure you've got some British blood. Oh, we we do. You know, the Queen's still on our money. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean you, your have been, you have been recognized... your pocket. You have been recognized. It is a portrait of the Queen. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shall I say that again?
0: No, I got In it. Your... Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's the whole thing. That's where it comes
0: from. <laughs> I mean you have been recognized by the Institute of Tourist Guiding Trip Advisor and Ethan Alexanian. So Oh
1: well
0: you know you are the best Beatles tour guide.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, the third recognition has really boosted me, so thank you yeah. very much.
0: Just take it and run with it.
1: <laughs> right, I will. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so this is a mutual m- mutual appreciation society today.
0: We're just <laughs> we're just picking each other up.
1: <laughs> we need it this time, don't we? Oh, we do. Come on, give us another question. I can't Our, remember wh- the last one that I said it come back <laughs> to you. I can't remember what the question was now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was, do you, do you know of any, or do you have any weird pieces of Beatles trivia that you like to throw out?
1: Um, it's just silly things, really. Um, you know, about which Beatles middle name is Paul, and the answer's Paul. You know, Daft things like that. Um, I can't think of any right now. There's been a... Um, there's been a bit of controversy at the moment, if you want me to get, um, get deep on things, about Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to talk about that? There's sure. a bit of a fact linked to Penny Lane.
0: I've, okay. I've seen you post about it on Facebook, and I, I know you're quite yeah. passionate about it, so like, yeah. go right ahead. Well,
1: okay, so, so at the moment um, there's a lot of talk about racism and Black Lives Matter, which, um, you know, I'm absolutely right behind, but um, that the, there's always there's this outcry about trying to change the name of Penny Lane, of iconic Penny Lane, because somebody once said in 2006 it was named after a slave trader now if that was the case then yes you know maybe something should be done about it but I did a lot of research a lot of other people have not to disprove the fact but to prove the fact that it was named after this guy and um, so that I could talk about it with confidence and you know bring the slave trade into the Beatles story um, <laughs> and the horrors of it all but the more we dug into it the more we realized it can't be named after him because you know the, the dates don't tally, um, it was a little country lane when he was in the city centre and you know there's absolutely no evidence at all to suggest that Penny Lane which is a name all around the UK probably if you look in America as well you know it could have been about tolls, toll bridges or yeah. it was a penny on the bus to get to town you know there's many reasons for it but Penny Lane is not written about a slave trader And because of the the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment, people are trying to jump on this and and use it and it's not true. If it was true, we'd accept that and we'd deal with it and we'd bring the story of the slave trade into our tours. but it isn't true this is what this is what annoys me. It just isn't true, and so that's um, that's a bit of not not necessarily trivia, but it's something that we're trying to get across at the moment.
0: I have seen that being spread around
1: yeah no, it's, 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 uh, all right. it's, I want it to be everybody's job who's listening to this, and your job to put that story straight because the more the rumors go on and on the more you know people are going to deface the sign and things when it's not true it really isn't true and Paul McCartney's written his autograph on it too
0: when when this goes up even after the interview I'll I'll share all the links to yeah. I saw some of the research and it was like pretty thorough
1: yeah it's very thorough and the research was to try and prove it not to disprove it
0: mhm
1: yeah so come on ask me a fun question now I got a bit deep then
0: um someone from Liverpool, do you ever get sick of the Beatles?
1: <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say when it's Beatle Week in Liverpool, when we've got tens of thousands of people here, I've done 15 tours in one weekend, and every one of them I've listened to Penny Lane and Strawberry Field maybe three times a day, I might get home and play something else. So, yeah, a little bit doesn't take me long to um, get back up to listening to them again, though.
0: What kind of things do you listen to when you get sick of the Beatles?
1: Um, I'm a huge fan of Kate Bush from the 1980s. I mean, that was my era, the 70s and 80s, and, you know, I was just knocked out by the song Wuthering Heights when I was about 16. I'm obsessed with anything Bronte, and um, the song Wuthering Heights, the book Wuthering Heights, the Bronte Sisters, and so... I, I'm really into Kate Bush, but other than that, I am um, oh, I like bands like Coldplay and Muse. I'm, I'm not really that well up on anything completely modern. I like electro swing for some reason. I got into 1940s music, but I like the modern twist on the electro versions. So um,
0: I know what you're talking about, and I actually, I actually really like it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, like Caro Emeralds, that kind of thing. Do you know her? Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, well, I have listened to a lady called Caro Emerald, and um, she's, she's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, have, I, listened, I like to listen to instrumentals a lot when I'm reading, so I don't have to sing the words because I can't read and sing at the same time, so I listen to a lot of instrumentals.
0: <laughs> now, I saw something on your website that made me very curious. I had mentioned it. You had helped uh, Cirque du Soleil in some research for the Love Show.
1: That's right, yeah. Um, a bit more than helped, really. The whole um, the whole hierarchy. You were behind the love
0: show. You were behind the love show.
1: <laughs> I wrote the whole love show. I, I taught them all how to do the acrobatics and everything. <laughs> no, so the um, the real story is Guy de Laliberti from Cirque du Soleil, all the top mods, they all came to Liverpool and spent a day with me on a minibus going around all the sites so when you see the show they talk about Eleanor Rigby, they talk about the tragic death of Julia, they talk about Liverpool in the war at the beginning and all of these things I showed them and illustrated where they might have taken place to, to get behind the story of Cirque du Soleil, of of the Beatles and Cirque du Soleil. So later the writer, whose name is Dominic Champagne, he came back again. So I spent a few days with them. But Dominic said um, it that the first time there was about 11 or 12 of them. The second time it was um, just uh, three. But Dominic said to me there might be a fourth person is that okay I said yeah of course we've got plenty of room so don't worry and when they turned up there were just three of them and so I said oh your fourth friends couldn't make it and he said oh no he couldn't I didn't want to tell you this Jack but it was George Martin what (laughs) exactly (laughs) like George George Martin, Martin George Martin George Martin, George Martin, who didn't come, he didn't turn up, so never mind. But the, the fact that he might have done was pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's good,
0: isn't it? Okay, I'll have to say, every time I hear you say, like, don't, th-, or like, they do, don't they? Or something like that, <laughs> I just think of that scene in Yellow Submarine, where <laughs> it's like John, George, and Ringo talking, it's like, they do, don't they, though?
1: Do-do, don't, do, don't they, though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that became a bit of a phrase, a of a joke about Scousers, really. In, um, there was a telly series called Harry Enfield. And, um, I am familiar with him. Guy. Yeah, and that was one of the phrases that one of the McGann brothers, actually, used to always say, do-do, you know, don't they, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a regular phrase here in Liverpool. That the phrase people ask us, ask us to say is quite funny. And so... They ask us to say the um, the meal, the, the kind of Chinese spicy meal, um, because we, we say our letters, K's quite gutturally, or C's, and so the one they ask us to say just for a joke is chicken teriyaki. <laughs> 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 and so yeah, that's the, say chicken teriyaki, okay, chicken teriyaki. <laughs> You know what I'm saying I, I, teriyaki.
0: D- I do though don't I <laughs> You do
1: though don't you
0: though <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting such a kick out of this Where
1: do we go from there
0: <laughs> Um. Okay you said your uh, You'd say your favourite Beatles album is Sgt Pepper mm-hmm. Do you have a least favourite Beatles album the One that sits on your shelf Kind of like dusty Like you don't go for
1: um, I don't really. I think I think there are times when you, you know you think oh it's it's an early Beatles day and you play the early stuff you play the rock and roll stuff and then you're a bit more introspective and you think oh I, I, need, to, I need to cool down, I need a bit of White Album or a bit of Let It Be I'd say the later ones, the likes of the White Album Let It Be are the ones I'd play least and the early albums up to Magical Mystery Tour um, are there the ones if I had to choose I prefer so So, Let It Be, White Album Abbey Road, maybe not the whole albums as much but certainly the songs
0: See, I, while Let It Be is my least favourite, I don't necessarily find myself going for the White Album very often yeah,
1: I feel like yeah. I'd need
0: to be in the headspace that the Beatles were in, you know, on like a six day heroin binge, yeah. which so far in my life I have not been on Yeah <laughs> Don't do, drugs, well, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs, <laughs> kids.
1: Definitely don't.
0: Yeah, you know, unless you yeah. want to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm. I'm kind of with you on that. And it's individual songs, I listen to from those. But you know, there are people who they would be their absolute go-to albums. So I think as long as we love them, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because that's the thing with the I, Beatles. I like, it's um, like
0: six bands put together.
1: Yeah, I. I love kinds of him. Um, you know, a lot of the old cover versions they did of older songs, like Bessa May Mucho, Bessa May Mucho I can't talk, Bessa May Mucho, yes. and um, Anna, you know, um, The Shake of Araby, I love listening to all of those.
0: Yeah, some of the stuff that was like on the Decca tapes or whatever they yeah.
1: were. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff, because they're, they're, they're having so much fun with them. It's not like they're in a studio and they're tied down to doing, you know... <laughs> It's just like they're they're free and they're enjoying it. I love
0: those. The Beatles album that I think gives me the most joy listening to is actually that old bootleg of them at the Star Club in Germany.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that one.
0: Because it's just so raw and they're just going for it. Yeah. There's a quote, I think, from John or George that said, the best things we ever did weren't recorded on tape.
1: Yeah, that's probably right. I'll tell you where I love listening to that one because I don't think I have a copy of it actually. I'm not one for vinyl and saving all my CDs. I'm, I'm a download girl, which I know goes against the grain for so many people. But I love having everything on an iPod and there and in my hands, and everywhere I go, I can take it. But um, I love to play that song in the Jackaranza Club. So the jackaranda was owned by Alan Williams, the Beatles' first manager.
0: Ah, uh, yes, Alan Williams.
1: <laughs> and so upstairs in the Jack, they've got these little booths with proper turntables, and you just pick yourself a record from you know from the racks, and you play it while you sat drinking. It's fantastic, and that's where I always play that one. It always reminds me of the Jack.
0: Of course, Alan Williams would have a copy of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it was Alan's original copy, but it's it's in there. Ask me
0: about Alan Williams. Oh, I was you know I was Alan just really well. I was going to. It seems that from what I've heard, everyone in Liverpool has an Alan Williams story.
1: Yeah. What's yours? Yeah, we do. My story of Alan Williams is that I absolutely loved the man. He was absolutely wonderful. Um, he was a comedian he was a failed entrepreneur so many times he was funny he loved to drink he was really nice to me and really caring to me you didn't happen to
0: meet him at the grapes did you
1: I met him at the grapes, I met him at the jacaranda, the last time I spent quality time with him was at Frida Kelly's birthday party, where I was kind of in charge of him not drinking too much champagne.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Um, So, Alan Williams was a big part of my life, and I'll tell you, that the reason I remembered him was we were talking about the jacaranda, I was in the jacaranda with a tour group and it was, I think it was New Year's Eve I I can't remember the exact date now but pretty sure it was New Year's Eve and the news started coming through, people were texting me saying have you heard the news so I was in the jacaranda when I heard heard that Alan had passed away and so that was a really poignant moment, I told the bar staff and they put a sign up for him, they had like a pin board behind and um, the news was broken to me in the jacaranda and everybody found out there in the jack it was um it was quite emotional that really and i i totally loved the man i've got a brilliant story about him in the Jackaranda, if you want to hear
0: it oh i, I want to hear it
1: okay now you swore before i'm sure i, I wouldn't n- normally swear go on, right ahead on things so if you're gonna let me swear and i'm just paraphrasing somebody else okay right so i was with this band called the elliots and their drummer was called billy and we were all having a drink and Alan Williams was with us in the jacaranda and he used to prop up the bar in the Jack and everybody would buy him drinks and his drink was a glass of red wine with three ice cubes always (laughs) (laughs) and so we're chatting away and he says to Billy, he says so you must be the drummer in the band and Billy says yeah how did you know he says cause you're the fucking ugliest (laughs) (laughs) oh so that's uh, do you know what he was he was rude to people in a funny way but never rude to me he was always a gentleman to me and he played up to the crowd that's what people wanted him to do they wanted to be able to go back and say Alan Williams was really, really really rude to me but he played to the crowd, he really did, and he was a, a very, very lovely, genuine man. I'm not going to say his stories were all genuine, because they probably weren't, but the man himself, I absolutely loved him, really did.
0: I really wish I had gotten the chance to meet him at some point.
1: <laughs> he would have given you some grief, I think.
0: Oh, that, I would have been happy with that again. It's the story.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good old Alan. Yeah.
0: Hopefully I didn't make you emotional there. Having no, to tell no, I'm Al. just
1: a, I'm smiling away thinking about him, not emotional at all. I'm, um, I'm just thinking of lovely memories of Alan, because <laughs> I just think he was great.
0: <laughs> I've seen uh, some really good clips of him. Uh, like, in the later years, it seemed like Alan, you know, would, again, I'm swearing, kind of shit on the Beatles, but he also... St- he stood up for them at any point he could Um, there was when that Albert Goldman book came out in like 1988 Mm. that trashed John Lennon he went on never read it Yeah. oh neither have I Um, Mm. but he went on TV and he was kind of debating with uh, Albert Goldman saying Mm. that like you basically just killed John Lennon again yeah like characters on him
1: yeah, he loved those boys, he really, really did, and I would say he loved John the most. When I've seen him, when people have asked him, tell us what you think of what what was John Lennon, and he says that John Lennon was just a lovely soul, I think there's people that, there are different opinions of John Lennon. I think if you knew him, if you'd met him, and you didn't kind of pass his test, I suppose, you know, a little bit like Alan was having a laugh with Billy, saying something mean to see if Billy would either get a huff and wander off or stay laughing with him. <laughs> I think John kinda did that kind of thing in the early days as well. You um, you either got John Lennon or you didn't, and if you didn't, you know, you were you were kind of an outsider. But yeah, I am um, Alan Williams absolutely adored John Lennon. He really did.
0: Uh, he seems like just such a good guy. John or Alan? Alan.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know what? He wasn't a good guy. He was a rogue, but he was a lovable rogue. I think I think he'd hate to be called a good guy. <laughs> he was just a lovely guy, but not necessarily a good one.
0: <laughs> Maybe not the best phrasing of the statement, but... Yeah. 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 He, he seems like the kind of person I would have liked to have, have a, had a pint with.
1: Oh, absolutely, you would have enjoyed it Uh-oh. You would have had to buy all of his drinks as well, mind you
0: <laughs> Of course You know, because why would you pay for your own drinks If you're exactly. Alan Williams
1: Yeah, you know when you, you hear them say you know Alan Williams just wanted you to buy him drinks well why wouldn't you want to buy him drinks well, half the time he was barred from the pubs anyway so we couldn't go in some of them because he had too much and if you'd um, sneak up to the bar and say can I have a glass of red wine please they'd say no that's for Alan Williams they'd know <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: and wait happy. people were buying him drinks at the Jacaranda which oh wait no not the Jack. was it the yeah, was the, the grapes.
1: Jack- well, it was the jacaranda the last story I told you about, but he was in the grapes quite a bit mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like I thought he owned the jacaranda.
1: He did. He, but this is this was later on. This was more recently. He only owned the jacaranda in the 1950s and early 60s. Oh, good. This is this is recent I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. I was thinking like why would he buy his own drinks if he owns the place
1: (laughs) well when he ran the Jacaranda it was only a coffee bar it only serves coffee and coca cola and things Mm -hmm. so it was a different kind of place
0: right, I think we're I think I've asked you like all of the good questions
1: (laughs) (laughs) well if you think of anything else just off the cuff I'm happy to reply we were having a laugh Uh,
0: it was a good episode you know i say that about every episode of course sometimes i don't mean it but this time i actually do mean it
1: oh brilliant i'm glad i could help,
0: jackie this is my favorite point in the show where i like to turn it over to the guest and let them do you have anything that you'd like to plug
1: oh well, just um my tours i suppose so i need you all to start coming back to liverpool um the livelihood here has been decimated obviously by whatever everything that's going on and so as soon as people can travel again please come back to Liverpool um, take a tour and if you want that to be my tour you can go on to beetleguide.com or just search my name Jackie Spencer and I should come up there somewhere I've also done a little thing just recently um, while we've been in lockdown I've done little snippets of tours and so I've got one of those, um, one of those kind of donation sites, which you can, you can buy me a cup of coffee, but you don't have to. You can go on that, and you can see all of the little videos I've been doing. Um, and there's some, um, you know, that I've taken you around St. Peter's, I've taken you around Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, and around the city centre. So I've done quite a few of those, and they're all on this little site, which is all the W's, and then it's K O hyphen fi dot com kofi dot com and then forward slash Jackie Spencer and you can see them all on there
0: and when it when it's safe to travel it's like the people out there you have no excuse not to go to Liverpool it's not like the plane tickets are going to be expensive because the airlines I don't think would be you no. know
1: you know I think there's gonna be some bargains around I hope so anyway yeah. and let me just say if you've been to London I'm not saying don't go to London but if you've already been and you've already done London um, look into flights into Manchester Airport because it's only 30 miles from Liverpool and you don't have to mess around getting the train up from London and things that so come into Manchester or even better still you can fly into Ireland A lot of people love to go to Ireland, so you can fly into Dublin, have a little look around Dublin for a night or two and then you can fly direct into Liverpool John Lennon Airport. So there's a a few options of how to do it Um, and I'd fly into Liverpool Airport if you could. You can't do it transatlantic but you can from Dublin. Mm
0: -hmm. I just realised I have one last question. Based on your experience with everyone in Liverpool, who's the most loved beetle there and who is not the most loved beetle? I feel like I know the answer, but I just want (laughs) to hear it again.
1: Alright, the most loved beetle. Um, I'm I'm just going to tell you from my point of view, and my most loved beetle is George, but I'm sure the others are split, but there is a beetle that people are a bit Mixed with in
0: Liverpool. Ah, uh, yes, um, the one who had the head cut off and that, that hedge. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, so um, Ringo is like, um, he, he went a bit grumpy for a while, didn't he? And he said,
0: with the whole, he, said
1: he didn't miss Liverpool at all and, you know, all the not signing autographs and things. Yeah. And Before so, he was
0: all um, peace and love, peace and love. Yeah, <laughs> He had that video and, which basically, for all intents and purposes, reminded me of one of those uh, I don't know Al Qaeda videos, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's just sitting there. This is a serious message to everybody yeah. watching my update. No more yeah, autographs. I remember it well.
1: <laughs> I just think of him as you know, um, you know, you've all got this grumpy old uncle, or you've got a grumpy granddad, and yeah. he, he's just sits there, and gr- but you love him anyway. Yeah. that's how I think of Ringo. yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, Rich, uh, I had Richard Porter on not too long ago, and he said yeah. he was telling me some of the public opinion about Ringo.
1: <laughs> I don't dislike him. I just think um, I just think he needs to come back to Liverpool and have a few pints in the grapes to kind of chill him out a bit.
0: Yeah, it's someone. I think someone needs to pull that stick out of his ass. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to say that live on there here, but, you know, uh, I just think... See, that's why
0: I'm here. I'll say, them, the yeah. I'll say the things.
1: I'll say the things. But Ringo, we still love you. Frida Kelly absolutely adores Ringo. She won't have a bad word said against him. So, um, you know, it, he's, he's got to be good. And Frida loves him.
0: Ringo is my favourite Beatle. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah? Yeah. Why not?
1: <laughs> Mine is George. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah well yeah <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now <laughs> you're
1: overwhelmed
0: yeah i i woke up like an hour or two ago so mm-hmm. my brain's still kind of waking up
1: <laughs> no, it's um it's early evening in Liverpool now
0: it's 1 pm here right now yeah
1: yeah and you and you only just woke up
0: i woke up at about 11. I
1: think.
0: Actually, I like. actually, no, I think I sent you emails at like 10. So oh, right. okay. that's not necessarily true. I just proved my- hardly
1: the crack of dawn. Is
0: it? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not one of those uh, early bird catches the worm. Whatever.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. No, me neither.
0: No. You know, I sit up at like 1 a.m. thinking I should probably go to sleep now. And then I just don't.
1: Well, at the moment, I have no tours, and so, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm up at 8 a.m. to go and meet a cruise ship and take them on an all day tour. Um, but at the moment, no.
0: So, oh. hey, never mind. Jackie, thank you so much for coming on the show
1: it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for inviting me and maybe we'll do part two another time i'm sure lots. i could have talked forever
0: (laughs) we should do part two when i come back to liverpool we do it live on one of them on one of those buses
1: from from, yeah from penny lane or strawberry field or something yeah
0: which was not named after the slave trader
1: it was absolutely not
0: yeah (laughs) which i think even if it was the city of liverpool could just get around that by doing a big like rededication thing by naming the street after the song
1: after the song that yeah. would work as well wouldn't
0: it? we're renaming yeah. penny lane to penny lane lane yeah that would be good yeah yeah <laughs> all right jackie thank you to everyone to everyone out there listening thanks thanks for listening you can go home now Hands on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander. Additional voiceovers by Richard Falk. This has been a Showtown production.